and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Welcome everyone, I am Carolina Todt and today my guest is Jose Roca from Prezi. Today we have a special episode of the Level Up Engineering podcast, it's called Level Up Engineering Stories, where we look at the point of view of leaders within successful companies, what they have done and how they have perceived their entire leadership in that position or in that company. And I'm lucky to have you here because you are VP of Engineering and um, Product, I think, at Prezi. And also you have been there for almost nine years. So that's correct. You have seen a lot of things. I got a few scars. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) So first of all, Let's have you introduce yourself. What are your passions and what should we know about you? Yeah, about me, um, my main interest is product and engineering. But outside of that, I, I mean, music, nature, hikes, you know, all these things. And um, I started pretty early on with just hacking a, a small Mac SE computer really back then. And from there, I just fell in love with that. And especially like the internet, how everything works and just the background of how all this information is being transferred. For me, that was like mind blowing. I was like, how can you from this computer get that thing over here and then I see it over here? That curiosity led me to IT and and technology. And from the beginning, I was more of a sysadmin, like you mentioned. So I was really in the server rooms, you know, with the calmness of the fans. And, you know, you just kind of, you can get a good, nice calmness, sleep if you want, but a lot of things to do there too. And from there, I just kept going and exploring more and, and learning more from how can you kind of take all this you know, technology and all this information and make it work for you. And that's how I kind of led me to Prezi today. All right. So would you care to share a few words about how you got to Prezi? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? What was the story there? The story is kind of interesting. I was in Italy at the time and um, actually I was wanting to stay in Europe. And then I applied to several companies and then I was in a conference, a DevOps conference. It's DevOps days and they keep hosting these things all over the place and it's a really good conference uh, to go to. And um, in that conference I saw HP, which is one of the co-founders of Prezi, doing a presentation of how Prezi's DevOps is, looks like today. I've used Prezi before and I never kind of realized the complexities behind Prezi, right? Like I, presentation software back then. And it was just for me a tool to use instead of PowerPoint. But then after hearing his talk, I was like, wow, this is uh, pretty cool. And especially it kind of brought me back to my sysadmin days, but also how to leverage that my kind of like my engineering background to make that even better, right? And then, yeah, I, I kind of, applied for a sysadmin job at Prezi because back then it was just a infrastructure engineer or, or Linux sysadmin. I think that's what we had it back then. But the real thing behind it is I really wanted to get into DevOps. And, and that was kind of the key driver for me to really sticking with Prezi and wanting to come. And to my surprise, actually, I thought I was applying for San Francisco. 
Nice. And then, like, my second interview, they're like, you know what, this is based in Budapest. And I was like, you know, my poker face, I don't think it was too good because I was like, elated, like, okay, this is it. I mean, this is like destinies happening here. You got DevOps, you know, you got in Europe. So I'm in. And, and that's how I started. That's how I got in. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing this story. I, I love how that was, you know, like a match made in heaven. With that said, you are a sysadmin with a twist or that's how it started. Um, how did you get in the leadership kind of things? How did that happen from the server rooms that you mentioned to the people person that you are today? It didn't happen overnight, right? So, and actually when I came to Prezi, I wanted to be a DevOps engineer. So in reality, I just wanted to get back into coding. Before that, I was a trainer. I also was a consultant. So I had different strides of becoming more people-centric towards the customer. But each time I went to a customer office, it was like, completely out of my norm, you know, out of my comfort zone. But slowly I started warming up to it. But then I really just wanted to hunker down and just do engineering work. Now at Prezi, what happened was I started meeting all these amazing people around me. And when we talk about, you know, what to do, what are the outcomes, what are we want to impact, I really just got engaged in those conversations. I started proposing ideas and talking to more people. I'm like, yes, this is what we can do. And yeah, with that, it started opening doors and then my managers back then were starting encouraging like, hey, why don't you, you know, lead your own team? And then leading a team is still very technical, right? Really kind of forming a team and just, you know, driving the delivery and what the team is doing. But then after a while, it was like, hey, why don't you do we want to manage the team itself and just be the manager and actually start growing engineers and, you know, developing engineers. And that was new to me. And, and how I approached all this was just really passion for the work, right? It was just a, a natural progression that I just like to talk about what we were doing and like to explore more. What can we do better? How can we learn more? And based on those actions, people were seeing those and we were like encouraging that to then actually infuse that into more people. And that's how I kind of started growing into the leadership track. I love that. You kind of seem like you were always sort of a people person, so you didn't have to like learn to connect? If you ask my mom, no. <laughs> no. So I was a shy kid at school. And actually, one thing that really opened me up, it was traveling. So really what happened with me was uh, that open curiosity I have for the world just made me push myself a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I mean, there were times that I was really uncomfortable and, and, and I just kind of go back into my shell, just hiding in a little corner. But then I kind of grew out of that, right? And can you kind of learn from that? Like, hey, look, nothing bad happened. You know, it's not the end of the world. Right. And then after that, I just keep challenging myself. I was like, okay, let's do that other thing next time. Or let's go to this place. Let's go speak at a conference. And those were like, for me, super big challenges, right? And it was just that self-push. And then you have people supporting you. And that's the other good thing. When, when you have people that are telling you like, yeah, you can do it, you know, just like rooting for you. It kind of evolved over, over the many years. Hi, mom, I don't know if you're ever going to see this. <laughs> but like the, the thing is like I was that shy kid and um, slowly I grew out of that. And it was not like an overnight process. It was years of kind of working on myself and working on this, really challenging myself. Right. So if we have engineers watching us, thinking they 
have a harder time engaging with people and kind of connecting with people, maybe two tips that you can share are try to travel more a little bit or at least move out of your comfort zone and then seek out those supporters or mentors who will cheer you on and kind of lead you on the way to become a better leader? Correct. I think uh, the mentor is a really important one, especially for me. I, I kind of feed off people. So if somebody kind of, kind of brings in good energy, I kind of push that back. It's kind of like a cyclical thing. And with that support, right, I can feed off of that and be like, okay, I'll, I'll do great. You know, just, just jump into it. So that mentorship and having those people that you can go to and get feedback, right? Because mentorship is about that relationship. And um, with that, it just really helped me continue my path. When sometimes I, I didn't feel it, right? I, I felt not in my right place or doing the wrong thing. And sometimes I was, but it was good to have a mentor, you know, to just reflect on that and get the learnings rather than being stuck there and kind of, you know, hunker down on that. Right. How awesome. Could you share a little bit about the leadership growth that you had at Prezi? What were some of the tools or some of the processes that really helped you become the leader that you are today? Um, I'm a very big proponent of learning from others. Mm -hmm. And this is not only learning from your peers, but even outside your company, right? So I do the usual reading books and all these things and, and now a bunch of videos and podcasts like yours. And um, I went even further ahead. I, I try to create networks. I ping, I do cold emails sometimes over LinkedIn, like, hey, I like what you do. Hey, do you have time for a chat? And sometimes it leads to nothing. Sometimes it leads to a really good engaging conversation and maybe some mentorship that had actually came from that. So really, the, how I started forming my own leadership style was through those books, but then through those networks, right? Kind of making sure that I understood, for example, I had a really good conversation with um, some Spotify leadership. We're introducing some different ways of working. At Prezi, we were kind of experimenting with something similar. So we reached out and they were really happy to talk to you and like, hey, look, yeah, it's a similar problems we're having here. And maybe they were a little bit ahead on some things, but then sometimes we were ahead on other things. So it was kind of a like good conversation to have because then we can compare notes and you can really exponentially learn from there and grow pretty quickly without making too many mistakes yourself. Right? I think that's one of those things that You'll make mistakes, but if you can learn from others, you make less mistakes. So right. it's a win-win. How awesome. Thank you. What you were just saying about, you know, making your own company better, it really made me think of the conversation that I just had with Camille Fournier. She is managing director for platform teams at uh, Two Sigma, and mm -hmm. she was talking about platform teams and how they interact with the product teams and as VP of Engineering and Product. Please tell me, what is your correct title? Yeah, so actually this dual hat comes from a little bit from platform engineering. Um, so like I mentioned, I, I started with the infrastructure teams and I grew the infrastructure teams to a more platform, what's being called now platform engineering, right? From the DevOps principles and then we kept growing. So this means that today I have um, the site reliability team, developer experience team, the security compliance teams, the data infrastructure teams, and the growth platform team. So it's it's a lot of foundational teams for the for the uh, for the company, and um, what that means is that 
we have two levels of customers in that sense. We have actually our customers that we, you know, we want to serve, but also we have a lot of internal customers, our developers. And for me, uh, when growing those teams and growing those functions within the company, I really focus on the product mindset. And this is how I kind of ended up in this dual hat role where at the beginning, we didn't have a product manager or any product function for these platform teams. And there is debate here and there, like should a very technical SRE team have a product manager or not? I'm a very big proponent on having product people in those teams, or at least having the product principles, right? It could be an engineering manager who is good at product management or right. has a product principles, but you really need to have that to know your customers, know the direction, listen, bring that feedback to the team to know what you're building. And that's how I kind of ended up in this dual title because I introduced this kind of technical product management at Prezi. And I, I really focused on building that branch as I grew other engineers and engineering managers. Wow. What was the, the first impression of this kind of mindset at Prezi? Did they like what you were doing and they were like, yeah, do whatever you want? Or did you get some kind of feedback or challenges? I think so. It was through phases, right? So. When I joined the company, it was very engineering-centric. So it's very easy to kind of push engineering initiatives through. As the company grew, and then we wanted to grow the platform teams, it, hurt, it kind of had different kind of phases to, or challenges, where after a while, the infrastructure teams were so big that it almost compared to some of the experienced teams. And they were asking like, what is the value of that? Why are we having so many engineers dedicated to this? And this is where I, I started learning more about communicating metrics, communicating outcomes. Because again, being engineering focused company at first, when I joined, they knew the value. Like the, the, the leadership understood like, yes, having this is it's actually valuable for making development faster so that we can roll out more features and, and deliver to the customer. But then over time, as we change more to be more product focused, I, again, had to pull in from, you know, the, the product skills and be like, okay, so we need outcomes. We need to focus on metrics. How are we impacting, you know, the company? How are we providing values? The switch, I think just because I, I was the lead in that, it was kind of transitional where it faced the, the most controversial was when I introduced the first true PM for a technical team. The team was like, why do we have this person here? I mean, we can do the job and, you know, what is that person going to be doing, right? And I tried to explain, I, you know, we went through the roles definition and roles and responsibilities and stuff like that. But still, they didn't, the engineers in the teams, because I've been doing it for so long, couldn't separate the value that I was bringing from the product side from my engineering hat, right? So it's not like I have a hat today and like, okay, I'm the product manager, right? right? So when we brought this person in, which just only had that product hat. It was kind of met with this kind of, hey, okay, let's, I don't, I don't see the value. The good thing is that over time, right, I worked with this product manager to make sure that, you know, it was working well with the team and they started seeing the value. So today the platform teams have this product management and they actually like the role because they see how they can partner up to make sure that the product manager can go out and interview engineers or interview customers, bring that back into the team. And the engineer doesn't have to do that for themselves. Right. And, and going back to the, 
outgoing like introverts versus extroverts, right? Well, some extroverts are fine doing that in, in the team, but the majority might not. And then having this product person whose responsibility is that it was just a relief for the team. And yeah, that's kind of like how we kind of introduced the function. Um, it did get some challenges from leadership um, and from the team. But just focusing on the outcomes and the metrics and what the value that we bring just was a good conversation starter and then led to just actually where we are today. Mm -hmm. Awesome. With that said, it sounds like a really unique role that you have right now with like having the engineering and the product under the same hood, if you're a hood. How do you balance those things? Do you have to balance? What are some of the the techniques that you use to make sure that all of your requirements are met? That is hard. <laughs> that is not an easy one, right? For me, how I divide the work is, well, I, I do participate in kind of both rituals in the leadership. So we have like product leadership meetings and then we have engineering leadership meetings. It's very boring. It's a lot of time management, right? So it's about blocking time for yourself, making sure that you, I, so I made the mistake of not blocking time and then this meant that I went towards one area more than the other and then it kind of get neglected. And now I'm, I'm doing much better. So I'm really just a proponent of blocking time for yourself for a specific thing. Again, measure the outcome or the output that you want to do at that time. And with that, it just helps keep all things running. Um, and because these are technical teams, the overlap is a lot. So I don't mm -hmm. have to really go too deep in one area. And although in my story at Prezi, I did go all the way up to design like the first time user experience and stuff. It was a good initiative. Uh, <laughs> I would say that I prefer more the technical team side of things. So I was trying out myself more of a product manager. And at that time, I was more focused on product. And if you look at my history, I was, um, engineering, 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 all the way to director of engineering. And then I flipped over to like director of product for a while. So when I did that focus, I did explore more depth in the product management side. Mm -hmm. And now today with the dual hat, this is kind of what I'm doing and mostly focus on the technical platform engineering teams. Mm -hmm. Thank you. To be honest with our listeners and watchers, we met at the conference last year at the Stretch, which mm -hmm. is an Eastern European leadership and management conference where you were an MC and I was also an MC and right. it was a lot of fun. And that's the first time I saw Prezi's product in action for like live video editing sort of. And all up until then, in my mind, Prezi was just, just a present, not just a presentation tool, but I knew what it was kind of used for. Could you share a bit more about what Prezi does at the moment? Like if there is a product palette or if we should think about it just um, in terms of presentation of any kind or what's the sort of story there? So we can start when I maybe joined the company, right? So when I joined the company, Prezi was only about presentation. It was a zooming canvas. So imagine that you have this white space where you can put all your things and then when you're presenting, you can just focus on one area and then go back out and go back in. Uh, why is this important? Because it's a way to really engage the audience, right? It's, it's about how can we actually get our users to communicate better? Um, and for me, that was a, a really key thing because you know ideas and sharing stories like this is how you can impact the world. 
So for me, it was good to be building a tool that just helped users communicate better and have that impact that they want. And then from that point, um, this Zooming Canvas presentation was, now we can say like old school because everything is now on video, but uh, it was for those high stakes presentation. You're in a conference room, right? And you have your presentation in the background and you're going through your materials. And then that way you can get the audience just to, again, to focus to one thing and zoom out and zoom in. As we progressed through the different use cases, we saw that the company grew really big, but that particular use case is kind of limited and even more limited today. So then we started exploring other use cases where still the notion is to share ideas, right? How can we help our users communicate better? So then at that point, we made an acquisition of a company called Infogram. Um, Infogram then brings in like graphics. So consider like posters, infographics, different kind of design elements. So instead of just the presentation, now we have this animated interactive graphics page that you can put your information, again, tell a story. Maybe you're not narrating, but maybe you're sharing it on a website or sharing on your intranet. Um, and that, again, opened up another kind of use, use case for our customers. And then last, uh, last product that we introduced was in around 2019. At that point, we were really into AR and interacting with your space, right? So if you have a zooming canvas, you know, can this plant be in AR and I could like move it around and stuff like that. With exploring that, we saw a, a really good kind of use case where you can be in the image and you can have your content next to you. And that's where we kind of came up with the Prezi video concept. So Prezi video is a way to really work on your presentation like you do in PowerPoint or Google Slides, but then when you're presenting it, you're presenting it next to you. So it's kind of like you do all the pre-work and then when you're just presenting, you're just showing your all, right? And, and then the content becomes part of your interactions. Um, and then that's a bit different than, you know, having, you know, a share screen of your presentation. You're at a little thing at the bottom. Nobody sees you. You can't see right. the audience. Um, so this is a, a new way of sharing content that brings you right next to it. And, and you can do pretty cool things. And we have animations that you can kind of pop up, you know, your own content and have really nice transitions. And we see some really cool users doing things like magic tricks where they kind of like are presenting, suddenly they put their hands up and something appears. And it, this kind of sense of magic and this kind of sense of like interaction is what we want to make sure that you as a presenter, you as a an educator, you as a just normal person just sharing a story, you are able to do this in a fun and interactive, impactful way. How awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now it's much clearer for me. With that said, and we have maybe a better understanding of product, can you share a little about how you engage with engineering while you have like this cool product and how you share perhaps the vision for the company with engineering, how you motivate your engineering teams to be as excited about the product as you seem to be. What are some of the techniques or tricks up your sleeve? I mean, the, the, the real trick is to just communicate, 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 right? Like you have to do it seven different ways, you know, and seven different times. And um, yeah, it, it just, helps also to put our engineers in front of the product too, right? So we, we want to make sure that they also experience it. And 
when talking about the vision, especially throughout that history, things will shift, right? So you have to over communicate. Why are we introducing a new product, right? When we have present or like, why are we now shifting into video before? Because we introduced it before it became such a big thing, right? So like people were questioning, you know, why, why the change in strategy? Why do we need to do this? And it's all about getting in front of your engineers, you know, getting your engineering leadership team aligned with, you know, what are the company goals? What are the strategies that we're going after, which might shift over time. But if we shift, why are we shifting? You know, communicating the whys at the end of the day is the best way to kind of engage engineers because throughout changes, I've made the mistake of not sharing too much context, right? It leads to a lot of stories being built, you know, in, in the engineering organization. So it's usually better to just approach it from a transparent, you know, telling, okay, so this is why we're introducing this new product line. We, there is like these customers and these use cases behind. This is what we, we're learning and this is where we're going to. Awesome. And with that said, the thing I keep thinking of is how could Prezi keep you for so long? Like, <laughs> it sounds like you are very dedicated to the product and it sounds like you have done a lot of building within the company. What are some of the, the matches in value or how are they keeping you at the company? Why is it great for you? Yeah, really good question. I mean, nine years in the company, right? Almost nine years in the company. What I see is I, I for myself, every year kind of reflect the year ahead. And I usually build a story of what I want to tell myself at the end of the year. And throughout that year, I kind of check back in, like, all right, where am I in that story? And the good thing at Prezi is that there was a lot of growth opportunities. And again, this mentorship, Thing comes at play where if you have good mentors and you're able to match those to your story right of growth then I think it's, it's just natural to stay in an environment like that um, and this is what for me building I think uh, I really like that you mentioned building because that was one of those key things for me how to build first the infrastructure then build a team then build a leadership team and then build a platform engineering uh, teams so all, all of these challenges were in line with what I saw myself as growth. And that plus the, the mentorship I had throughout the years, it just helped me to continue within the company. Thank you. So it sounds like the company really gave you space and provide you, provided you with the support that you needed for thriving within the company. Correct. And I think that is a very important thing for any engineering manager or leader, right? You have to understand where the growth of the individuals are. If the engineers are growing and you can match that and align that to the company and, and the company goals, I think that's a good recipe just to keep people, you know, moving forward in their own, you know, professional career and ambitions, but also keeping them in a good, you know, in, the, in a while within the company and their tenure in the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You have kind of touched on this a little bit with, you know, not communicating enough at some time and um, perhaps not being as transparent as you could have been. What were some of the biggest challenges that you have had to overcome while you've been at Prezi and how did you overcome them? Mm -hmm. So, so many are coming into my mind right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, so one of the bigger ones, I guess it's, it's around scaling 
you know, yourself. Um, especially when I went from managing one team to managing multiple teams, that piece of delegation um, and making sure that it's not anymore my problem, somebody else's problem to solve. There's a good article like uh, Who Has the Monkey? It's a very old one. I really like it because it's, it's all about like, sometimes you just have to give away the problem, right? This is their responsibility is to solve that problem. It's no longer yours. And that was like, for me, the biggest mistake I've done um, in the past where I just wanted to be involved in a lot of things, not because I want to micromanage, it's just like I'm a builder. I, I like to, you know, you know, solve things. I like to contribute. And especially when, you know, you have a good group of people, you want to be with them in the problem, right? And just keep going with them. But that led me to not scale, right? At that point, I was neglecting maybe one team when I kind of went too deep into another. The other thing that was affecting was those people were not growing themselves because maybe I was interjecting too much. So I was not lending them the space that they should get. Mm -hmm. um, and then at that point, you know, I was solving things that if, you know, I would have given them that space, they would have thought about it and grew in that aspect. So over time, I overcame that as in like, obviously with my mentors, they kind of reflected a mirror what's happening, right? And again, this is, this is always good to have where somebody can kind of show you a little bit of what are the consequences of your actions and, you know, what are the implications that maybe you're not seeing. Um, and with that, it just, yeah, now I'm better at giving space for people and just basically giving away the monkey or not taking the monkey from somebody else, right? So it's a play at that in order for me to actually focus on more of the more important stuff and giving me space to also grow, right? Because there, there is that relationship. You have to kind of give that space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With that said, I am really interested in seeing who you are a mentor to at this moment. Like who are the people who reach out to you or who can reach out to you either at Prezi or at other companies, perhaps if they are like you who would like to reach out. Yeah, right now I have a couple of staff engineers within the company that I'm mentoring. I also have a couple of friends or people I connected to with have a like head of engineering of other companies as well. Yeah, they kind of use me as a sounding board most likely more than anything. And it's kind of like that kind of mirror effect. And obviously we learn from each other. So I, I really like this reciprocal mentorship where, you know, I could learn from some of my gaps and they can also learn from from me. So from different companies, I kind of do not too much. Actually, it's more internal within Prezi, but I do like to reach out. And if somebody reaches out to me, I'm always happy to have a conversation about like, yeah, if there's anything I could help. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So perhaps maybe some of our listeners might reach out to you if they so please. And also, I have another question that came to my mind as you were explaining what you're doing. If you could share a list of traits or just like a few mindful behaviors that are really needed to be successful in your position right now. Mm -hmm. Well, as a general behavior, right, this open empathy, I think for me is interesting because um, especially, you know, the last two years with all the changes and things that happen in the world, being open empathy for me means like openly like vulnerable, but also listening in and, and kind of showing that compassion for others. I would say that that with 
making sure that we reflect on outcomes and being kind of like on, on those outcomes is two things that has helped me in the last two, three years to become more successful because I've fallen also to the trap of like building things for the output, right? Like, like this looks cool and you know, that does give you a sense of achievement, but it was only until I started focusing on outcomes and com over communicating the outcomes, like what kind of metrics we're doing, what kind of things are we impacting, that just helped not only drive our engineers to do better, but also help me as a leader, are we having impact or any value? So I had to pick two kind of more soft skill, like the empathy part, and then more on the hard skills of like things that I do systematically, is more like outcome driven, metrics driven kind of behavior and making sure that my teams are on those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And clear communications. It sounds like. Yes, I, I mean, so yeah, for me, the transparent and, and clear communication is, is always important. And I try to mix it up too. So I try to do like videos, I try to do written, I try to do random conversations using different tools. I think that just helps build a relationship and especially with more like the hybrid, you know, remote culture. That kind of openness to being able to have that conversation is important. Sure. Thank you. And the challenges of the past two years have been giving us all new opportunities to try our strengths out. Um, <laughs> yes. With that said, if you care to share, you've been at Prezi for almost nine years. And Prezi is one of those cool companies where beanbags first appeared. <laughs> uh, and so I'm thinking, you know, like, did you have any failed experiments or anything that you are open to sharing that was not as you had expected it to turn out mm -hmm. or, or any story that our listeners might take some good credits away? One thing that, so when I joined the company, we were in a different building, two floors, and you can basically yell and get everybody to listen, right? And um, you shouldn't, but some people did. <laughs> <laughs> but what that meant is that you had a, a sense of, yeah, I can address anybody, everybody can hear me, you know, you can go to anybody. One thing I, uh, that we kind of over-rotated when we moved to the bigger building, uh, we distributed everybody in so many different places, we started losing that touch. And I think that happens with every company as you kind of scale. I think we scaled too fast in that sense. Um, which started losing the connection within teams. Luckily, we did realize that. I mean, we started kind of doing more uh, proactive design of like where we want teams and how we want them to interact. But uh, it did take us a while. Um, and that's why I would say it was a failed experiment. Because even when we moved to that building that we have today, which has four floors, and we only had the first floor when we had it. So that was still cool because then you can, again, yell across the room and <laughs> get everybody to listen. But it was when we expanded to the rest of the floors and that's where kind of we missed our mark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. And how you address that is being more systematic in communicating and like the actual layout of the teams. Correct. Yeah. So it was more purposeful design of the spaces. So, so we started designing the spaces more towards like different teams, different areas. We also made it so there's more quiet areas as well. So we had teams, you know, that uh, wanted a, a little bit more space, which is more towards them. 
and what that meant or how that impacted teams was they were becoming more cohesive, right? They had their own space. And that, again, improved the productivity. Mm -hmm. um, I would say now with uh, Prezi did, you know, make the jump to virtual first, but we still have our hub. So we still have the office. And one thing that I like that we did now is we didn't open all the floors. We actually opened one floor. I mean, and then we made everybody kind of go into that space. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, intentional because now we're looking at, okay, we don't want to make everybody randomly sitting in different corners of the office sitting alone, but rather now we have one space where, yeah, you know, that other person I never really met because maybe they joined when we were now virtual first. Mm -hmm. Now I can meet that person. Um, so that, again, we, we kind of use those learnings to apply it to how we're rolling out more the hub concept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just to let us get this straight, I think I remember you telling me about how you will have hubs at different spots mm -hmm. uh, within the city or within Hungary. I wasn't sure. No, so our intention is to have hubs in different countries and specific cities in those countries. So we have a, a hub here in Budapest. Um, Hungary, and then we have another hub in Berlin, Germany, and we have another in Riga, Latvia, mm -hmm. and then one in San Francisco. Now, the concept of the hub is similar to like what Dropbox kind of came out with, which is like a space to collaborate. So even the office spaces we're kind of changing to make sure that people who live around the hubs have the opportunity to go there. Now, we're not forcing anybody to go into the hub. So this is more for like the additional collaboration, additional things that from time to time we might just bring people in. But you can always work from anywhere. And this is where the virtual first concept comes in. Thank you. That sounds like a really great experience. If you want to be around people, you go to the hub. If you want to work from home, you stay at home. Correct. It's not perfect. I mean, we're, we're continuously learning, right? So it's a, it's a work in progress, I would say. But it is that intention to have that mix to have the opportunity to you know if if you really have a team meeting um, so for example today i was in the office right I, I was i was in the hub and it was good to see people i got to go to lunch with the team and it has it's really great to have those conversations we actually came out like oh my god we should do this more often and like yes we should and yes we can because we have the hub how awesome thank you thank you thank you thank you now we are approaching the end of our time. And so I really would like to pick your brain about what you have seen happen to Prezi in the past nine years. What is one thing that you would suggest to somebody who is in a leadership position in a company that seems to be growing fast and mm -hmm. seems to be successful? What should they do or what should they watch out for? I would say again, focus on the outcomes rather than the output. I think that's, that's one that as you grow, it's easy to do the next shiny thing and there's many opportunities that you can, but not all those lead to great outcomes. So this is how when I was growing the, the platform engineering teams, focusing on engineering efficiency or we also had the engineering happiness score. So having these kind of things where you know, you focus on what, what are the levers you're, you're moving within the company, how fast can you, you know, deploy to production. Um, just really helps you grow within the company because then you can show, you know, what, what, what are you moving? What are you impacting? And it, regardless of the scale, this is what would matter because hopefully with scale, you have more impact and more outcomes, right? So when you build something at greater scale, you, you know, invest more within the team that then 
takes deployment time from 30 minutes to three minutes. Um, and that's, that's amazing outcomes, right? Instead of saying like, yeah, we built a CI CD system. Um, so that's, that's the milestone, right? right? But if you look at like, what did we achieve with that? It's like, oh wow, we actually went from 30 minutes to three. So that would be like the, the thing just to, again, hammer away and, and just uh, keep championing is, is that, focusing on the outcome. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. We have touched on quite a few things. Just to bring up a few, you shared that the company was open to your suggestions and you were happy to try out new positions mm -hmm. and, and look into new stuff within the company. You also really highlighted the importance of communications for everyone, um, which I think is so important for all people. But I know my main audience is like engineers and engineering leaders. So I try to highlight that whenever possible. And you also, I think, talked about the importance of learning continuously, no matter what is going well or what is going wrong, to always keep an open mindset to see, you know, like where could we improve with the current situation, with how your position evolved. And uh, what else? We talked about being transparent with the communications to your teams and communicating the why behind company decisions and being engaged. And, and you really seem like a person who really cares about the people that he works with. So yeah, we have touched on quite a few things. And now, oh, and communication internally and externally about, <laughs> about the changes. Is there anything else that comes to your mind? that you would like to get off your chest to share with your listeners? Yeah, I think for me, it's always good to pay forward. So, so one thing I like to do is as my mentors opened doors, you know, and, and kind of gave me these possibilities, right, to build and trusted me to do those things. I think it's important as a leader, as you grow to do the same, you know, for others, because yeah, you, you could keep going and like, uh, and growing within leadership, but if you hold on to all those things and not let others, what's going to happen is your best people are going to go away. But if you open those doors and really focus not only on your own growth, but the growth of others, you'll see that you go further ahead and much faster. How beautifully put. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jose Roca was my guest today. Where can our listeners follow your work? Yeah, LinkedIn, I think. Uh, and yeah, especially if, if you want to reach out for mentorship or just a question or a chat, I'm always you know, up for that. So that will be my, my go-to. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Dear listeners, find him on LinkedIn if you have any questions. <laughs> Today, my guest was Jose Roca, VP of Engineering and Product from Prezi. Uh, we had quite the conversation about the company, about his position, how it's evolved, and what we've seen is really great growth. So I guess a model we all should um, aim at following. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's really great having this chat and yeah, thank you for reaching out and uh, we'll probably see each other in other conferences with MCs and it's always good to kind of just spend some time and chat. Right, right. Thank you so much. Yeah, dear listeners, this was another episode of uh, Level Up Engineering Stories, where we look at the point of view of a specific product uh, from a specific person. I am Carolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. 
Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.